1: in Texas.
0: Hey, it's Mariana. I'm the co-founder of Summer Fridays and host of the Life with Mariana podcast. This episode is with Dr. Morgan, and I wanted to talk to her about her expertise, which is attachment styles. If you don't know yours, I think it would be really helpful if you just went to the show notes and took the quiz that's linked in the description. It takes like maybe like not even like one to two minutes to do, because I think it will give you a little bit more context as you go through this episode of what is your attachment style and how does it affect your romantic relationships? There's so many things to learn from here. And I think especially when you're dating someone or your partner, it's also interesting interesting to know their attachment style so you guys can know how to navigate conflict or if you're dating how you can understand your partner that you're dating a little bit better and also just understanding yourself and how we can all navigate towards this secure attachment style. In this episode, we'll talk about understanding the attachment theory and how it can work for healthy relationships, navigating dating and relationships with really amazing, easy, practical tools, identifying relationship red flags that you guys might want to notice early on that are red, yellow, or green, and how to attract the love that you desire. Whether you are single or in a relationship, or you just want to learn a little bit more about yourself, this is a great episode for you. She also has so many resources you guys can find in the show notes of her program, a book, and her podcast if you guys want to learn more. Now let's hear from Dr. Morgan. I hear a lot about attachment theory and attachment styles, and I think I don't really know what it is. And sometimes I see like a little graphic on Instagram and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm this. But what is the attachment theory?
1: There's so much out there on Instagram, but I think it's good to really dive deep and understand it. It's so worthwhile, it can be an absolute game changer for your relationships. So attachment theory started in the 1950s with John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth. They were actually looking at parent-child relationships, and they developed four different attachment styles. So secure, anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. Those are the four main attachment styles. And what it is is, it represents how you show up in your relationships the way that you form bonds, the behaviors, your reassurance seeking, your ability to self-soothe, all of that can be understood by knowing what your attachment style is. And like I said, it can be extremely helpful for your relationships. And how do you figure out which style is yours? One of my favorite ways to help people with this is have them take a quiz it can be really helpful just to answer questions. There's so many quizzes out there. I also do have one at Dr. Morgan Coaching, the link in my Instagram bio, you can go take a quiz. What I like about mine is it gives you percentages of each style. So it's totally normal that someone might be 50% secure and 50% anxious. You can have different percentages of each style.
0: And then what if you get your results and you don't like your results? Is this something that we can change in time or is it really like your attachment style is just who you are and this is just like something that we need to learn to deal with within our relationships? I love that you asked this. So the older research on attachment theory would say that you couldn't
1: change it. That was actually one of my biggest pet peeves with Amir Levine's book. He has has a book called Attached. And he kind of said, well, your attachment style is your attachment style. Good luck. And that's not actually the case. With a lot more research, we have a ton of data now that supports that anyone can work on becoming securely attached. So my big piece of advice is once you learn what your attachment style is, you want to have so much compassion and understanding. And it's really helpful to get curious about Where did this come from? What was the root of my attachment style? And then asking yourself, what are some of the things I need to let go of? Probably unhelpful beliefs about relationships. There's probably unhelpful relationship behaviors. There's things we need to let go of so that you can then become securely attached. And that is possible for everyone. I myself am an example of that. And I've helped over 500 women as well. And like I said, there's also a ton of research that now backs it up that you can become secure. So secure attachment style is the goal that you think we should be working towards? Absolutely. And I'm happy to break each style down in more
0: detail. Yeah, I would love to, because I think we hear this and then maybe we're like, okay, what one might me fall into? And then there's a little bit like, there's kind of a lot of information out there. So we can go through, do you want to go through secure first? Let's do it. Let's start with the the good
1: one. Let's do it. So yeah, secure attachment is where we all want to be. This is where you have high self-worth, you value yourself, and you value your partner. And with secure attachment, you're able to express yourself, express your needs, your boundaries, you can communicate in an open, honest, direct way. And you have something that is really important that I want people to get, which is interdependence, meaning I can depend on myself and I can also depend on my partner. And I should say before we get too deep in the attachment styles that what I'm talking about here is attachment theory applied to romantic relationships, which is what most of the modern research focuses on. And once again, it's so helpful in in attracting the kind of relationship that you want.
0: And the next one is anxious, which I know a lot of us feel often. So what is the attachment style that's uh, around anxiety? It's interesting
1: because you can have anxiety and not have anxious attachment. I know that the name is kind of misleading. There are some overlaps, but yes, let's decode what is anxious attachment. Anxious attachment is where you never feel quite secure in the relationship. You're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You might be catastrophizing a lot, imagining how the relationship's going to end. If you don't get that text back, your first thought might be, oh, I bet they're seeing someone else. And with anxious attachment, you have a high need for reassurance, meaning your partner could tell you, you are the one for me. You're all that I want. I love you so much, but you won't be able to really receive it and accept it. So you're constantly seeking reassurance that the relationship is doing well. And then with anxious attachment, you are at risk for codependence. Remember with secure, I said we want interdependence. With anxious attachment, you might want to merge with your partner. That's where you take up all their hobbies and really become like them. And it all stems from that fear of abandonment. So it's this, belief of if I become like you, then I won't be abandoned. And that can obviously be a really, really painful relationship dynamic for anyone who's been in a, in a codependent place. It is not sustainable.
0: In a few weeks, I have an episode coming up with Dr. Hancock, and we are talking all about fertility. And I know that so many of you, especially my age, are really interested in egg freezing. You guys want to know more information and just want to learn more and just feel like you want to educate yourself. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to DM me so I can ask those for you. And I want to tell you a little bit more about Spring Fertility. Spring Fertility is a full-service fertility clinic specializing in IVF, egg freezing, and third-party reproductive services such as surrogacy and donor tissue. Spring Fertility has locations in New York, the San Francisco Bay Area, and Portland, Oregon. Spring also offers $0 down and a 0% interest payment plan for egg freezing to make fertility treatments more accessible for everyone. Spring focuses on patient-centric care and never treats patients like a number. The episode is coming up soon with so much education and resources offered in the episode. You can also come in for an initial consult to be proactive about your family planning options. Whether you want kids now or in the future, Spring is here for you. And I know it's important when you go through fertility treatments to feel like your doctor has your back. Spring will never make you feel like a number and you'll have a dedicated care team of physicians and nurses to guide you through the entire process. Visit springfertility.com to book an initial fertility consult and share code Mariana when scheduling for $150 off your consult. That's S-P-R-I-N-G-F-E-R-T-I-L-I-T-Y.com and use code Mariana for $150 off your fertility consult. Cannot be combined with commercial insurance. Visit springfertility.com for more information and the episode is going to be coming in a few weeks and I can't wait to share more information with you guys. Is it possible that you could be in a relationship with one person and have an anxious attachment theory, but then it depend on that relationship. It's not necessarily you all the time. Absolutely. This isn't talked about enough. We,
1: we can have different parts of our relationship strategy. That's kind of how I think of it, right? Your attachment style is your strategy for building relationships. So depending on who you're in a relationship with, you may have more of your avoidant attachment coming out. So yes, it, it does depend on who you're in a dynamic with. I will say this, we all tend to have one that is our more common attachment style and the one that we would gravitate towards the most or the one that we show up with when we're stressed. But it is absolutely possible that a different partner could bring out a different style.
0: And you mentioned being codependent. And I know that sometimes is an easy trap to fall into in relationships, or maybe many of us are just like that when we're dating someone. So how can we let go a little bit of that codependency?
1: One of the best things you can do is learn how to become securely attached. And and that really starts with healing the relationship with yourself. I know it sounds so cliche, but it's this whole process of how do I learn to show up for myself, build a healthy relationship with me and get to this beautiful place where I'm not waiting for a relationship to fill a void and I'm no longer outsourcing my self-worth. I'm not saying, "Oh, I'm only good enough if if someone wants me or if this person is choosing me," right? We can really get stuck in this trap of waiting to feel chosen and waiting to feel good enough. So, one of the best ways to kind of prevent against codependence is to heal that relationship with you and really heal your self-worth.
0: And what are some ways we can do that, especially if you are single, you're not in a relationship and you really are yearning and wanting this relationship and you're feeling like you're not whole because you aren't with somebody?
1: I love this idea of build a big, beautiful life that you love. And one of the things that it can include is space for love. I think sometimes we say, Oh, I don't have any love in my life. If I'm not in a relationship, that's not true. I want you to remember the love of friends, the love of family, all the love that already exists in your life. You want to connect to that, make space for it. And then another really practical thing that I encourage my singles to do is to make space for a date night. Even when you're single, even if you're not actively dating, we want to create that space where you're taking yourself on a date. You're showing up for you. You're connecting to the feeling of receiving love. So that way, when someone does come in your life, they're simply a multiplier
0: of love. They're not filling a void. I love that. I think that's really great too, because when you're happy, I think it attracts like more happy energy and you feel like complete on your own. And then you're looking for somebody that's complimentary.
1: Exactly. We, we attract who we are, right? We don't attract what we want. We attract who we are being. And it's really important to be in that state of love and receiving love and being open to it. It's going to help you so much in your dating journey. I want to get into avoidant. So what is this style about? With avoidant attachment, this is where there's fear of intimacy. So this is the person who, as soon as they feel like they're getting close, they have a compulsion to actually pull away. So you might be dating someone with avoidant attachment if you have a great date and then they don't text you for three days or you don't hear from them. And with avoidant attachment, the relationship strategy, if you will, is a lot of distancing, shutting down. There's a lot of difficulty with connecting to their emotional selves they can feel really cut off from what they're experiencing themselves. So they have a hard time being emotionally present for others. So a lot of avoidant attachment is being emotionally unavailable. And then this is the person who is hyper-independent. So remember with secure, it's interdependent, anxious attachment, codependent. With avoidant attachment, it's hyper-independence where I can do everything myself. I don't need anyone. We're seeing a huge increase of women who would would qualify for avoidant attachment because of the focus on women in careers. There's kind of been this overcompensation of, I don't need anyone. I don't need a partner. I've got me. So it's really interesting. Used to be more men with avoidant attachment and now it's about 50-50.
0: Just a little interesting side note. And if you're dating someone and you think they might have an avoidant style, what's the difference between avoidant and Maybe they're just not into you.
1: So, when someone is not into you, we would say that the kind and direct thing to do would be to let you know, right? With secure attachment, and if I'm not interested in someone, I'm going to let them know, hey, I had a great date, and I just don't think that we're compatible. With avoidant attachment, you could have had a great date, but then that person's simply pulling away. And it could be because you are compatible, and you being compatible is actually terrifying to them. And then the last one is disorganized. Yeah. Disorganized attachment is only about 5% of the population and it's highly correlated with childhood trauma. And this is where you simultaneously have anxious and avoidance strategies at the same time. So you can pendulum swing from really being afraid of abandonment to I'm hyper independent and I don't need anyone if you've ever dated a person like this with disorganized attachment, it just feels so confusing. You're taking two steps forward and two steps back in the relationship constantly. And these these folks can have really tumultuous relationships and a lot of chaos in their dating lives. I sometimes think about the reality TV you know, relationships that we see, there's quite a few that might kind of meet criteria for disorganized attachment.
0: I know you have your four pillars and one of them is about the attachment theory, but I want to know a little bit about this because so many of my friends are on this dating roller coaster. They want this kind of relationship. They think they know what they want and they're still struggling. So tell me a little bit about empowered, secured, loved relationship program that you have.
1: Yes. So This is the program I designed because this is exactly what I needed when I was really struggling in my 20s. So I wanted to make something that would help people, that they could move through it and on the other side, feel empowered, securely attached and loved, right? So it's really designed to help you release your past. That's a huge piece. We start there. You have to understand what's happened to you in your past relationships, process it, and release it and then we also go really deep and look at your current belief system so your beliefs about yourself and your beliefs about relationships and we let go of any unhelpful beliefs and then help you build belief systems that that will attract the kind of relationship that you deserve right that's so important and then obviously helping you become Securely attached, and what does that actually look like in practice? So, building that securely attached identity. And then there's a lot on relationship skills. So, learning how to have healthy conflict, which I know none of us ever learned, right? It's such an overlooked skill. I wish we would have learned it in high school. And learning how to set boundaries and communicate assertively. I also talk about how to date from a securely attached and confident place, what to look out for in terms of red flags and yellow flags and green flags. So that's just really everything that someone needs to be in the place where they're ready to attract their partner.
0: It's so interesting that we never really learn how to date, but it's such an important thing in our lives. And it's like, we should learn these things. Like we should learn how to be in relationship. And we're just a expected to just jump into them and we kind of learn as we go and then you fail and then hopefully you learn from that one and then the next one's a little bit better.
1: Isn't it wild? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where if you had good models in your life, maybe you've had healthy relationships around you, your parents or your friends, you've seen healthy relationships, then you might be able to do it yourself. But for those of us that didn't have good relationship models, it's really hard. you think about it, you're asking yourself to do something that you've never seen done before. So it's really important to say, hey, I can have a healthy dating life. I can have an amazing relationship. I simply need to learn how to do it and become the version of me where that's possible. But you're right. I don't think we really think about that. We just go on autopilot and a lot of us are accepting crumbs, we're accepting relationships that are just way below what we deserve. And then maybe you hit rock bottom or you you go through a really difficult breakup and you go, okay, something has to change and hopefully you change. But a lot of people are, I mean, I, I work with some women who are in their 50s or 60s even and they have not had a healthy relationship. So I, I do wanna say that it's never too late.
0: You mentioned one thing that really resonated with me because I do not like conflict, so I will avoid it at all costs. So what are some ways to navigate that and have conflict in a relationship in a, in a healthy, good way?
1: I love that you asked this question. One of the first things we have to do is change our relationship to conflict. So if I was working with you, I would be really curious about what your beliefs are about conflict. So a lot of us have beliefs of, oh, they won't like me. This will damage the relationship. If it's really extreme, it might even be, oh, they're going to leave me if we get into a fight. So we want to change our beliefs about conflict first. And then I teach all the couples I work with. I I've, I've, was a couples therapist specifically before I do the work I do now. So I have a lot of experience. And I teach them this framework called dialogue. And what it is, is where you have a structure. And if you think about it with conflict with all your emotions kind of going wild, it's really helpful to have a structure and you have one person who is the sender and the other person who is the receiver. And I teach my couples that the sender's job is to simply use I statements. So you're saying I felt blank when blank happened, right? And then the receiver's only job when they're in the receiver role is to make sure that the sender feels heard. So they're validating, they're repeating back, right? And by having this framework, you can then move through conflict in a way that actually strengthens the relationship and you become a stronger couple
0: on the other side. I am so excited because spring is coming up and my favorite part is looking for new dresses. I love to have just like a bunch of dresses in my closet that I know I can wear for a bunch of different occasions. Whether I want something casual that I can wear with a flat, I can pair it with a jacket for the office, I'm wearing it for a night out. I really like to have a dress and especially because it makes it really easy for me to pack for any occasion. So if you're looking for a standout dress for any moment, Macy's has a dress for every occasion from work to parties or cocktails and of course prom find all of spring's latest hues like a cool ocean blue, bright pops of fuchsia, and neutrals with centerpiece details like bows and embroidery. Macy's also has your favorite luxe brands like DKNY, Calvin Klein, and Karl Lagerfeld Paris. When I'm shopping for dresses, I usually shop for a midi style. The reason why I love midi is because it's not short, it's not long, so I likely don't have to tailor it. And I feel like it's really versatile for me for so many occasions. If I need to be a little bit more conservative or if I want to wear it for work, I can style it that way. Or if I want to wear it for a night out, I still feel like I'm dressed up and I'm like myself without having something too mini on so midi is my favorite style that I usually like to wear and I love searching for any kind of knit dress too those are especially easy to travel with because I never have to worry about ironing them or steaming them because they always look chic and put together if you're looking for a dress under $100 they have one from Calvin Klein's it's called the women's slit hem sleeveless ribbed midi dress and it comes in two different colors I love the khaki green there's also an optic heather and both of these are really versatile to wear if you're looking for petites and plus size, Macy's also has an amazing selection for everybody. Check out Macy's.com slash dresses. You mentioned spotting red, yellow, and green flags. So how do we spot those? And how early is if we see a red flag, should we, you know, take that as a warning sign? I
1: tell all my clients, you are a love scientist. So we want to put our lab coat on and we're gathering the data. For so many people, they get really focused on, oh, I hope they like me. What do they think of me? Right. What should I wear? They're so focused on that, that they're not actually present with themselves and they're not going, oh, how do I feel with this person? Do I feel emotionally safe? Do I feel heard? Right. So a big thing is slowing down and tuning into yourself as you're on the date And then, yeah, being aware, being aware of how they treat others, being aware of how they treat you and you are gathering data with yellow flags. It's okay to gather the data, right? Someone's 15 minutes late to the first date. It's a yellow flag. We're not sure. Is this a pattern or not? Right. Is it because they're actually not emotionally available and not interested so they can't show up on time? or is it really that they got stuck in traffic okay so it's a yellow flag a red flag i i mean there's all kinds of them but let's say you're you're on the date and they're talking about how crazy their exes were and they're going in detail about their last three relationships and how each person was crazy that's a red flag right this is someone who's not taking ownership they're blaming their ex so I teach my clients, that if there's a red flag, you have permission to just be completely done, or you can address it if you feel that there's room for that person to take ownership. And then maybe it'll turn into a yellow flag. But with most red flags, we just say, okay, I'm done. And I do have a comprehensive list of these in the book as well. So I know it's kind of helpful to have a guide of what to look for.
0: And then that also goes along with like your dating mindset and attracting the things you really want. So what is relationship pacing?
1: People love talking about this and I get it because it's not talked about. I think so many of us grew up watching Disney movies and rom-coms and we see these people who meet and they fall in love instantly and, you know, it's happily ever after when in reality, secure relationships, really healthy relationships take time to build we want to become really happy about the slow burn, right? So, so this looks like I am asking myself, how do I feel? Am I building secure attachment with this person? And remembering that I get to slowly invest my emotions. So you, you want to get a return on investment with your emotional energy, just like you would in the stock market. So you want to say I'm intentionally." Going deeper with this person, I'm intentionally spending more time, or I'm getting to know their parents, or gosh, we're moving to a level of physical intimacy, right? All of those are different levels of investment. And we want to be able to feel secure and feel emotionally safe at every level of investment and not rush. I see so many relationships fall apart because you've over too quickly. And you haven't built enough of a secure attachment to support the investment.
0: I see that a lot with my friends too, where they're like, oh, we're, we've been dating for three months. Like I'm waiting for him to say, I love you. And I'm like, wait, wait, it feels really soon. Like it feels like you're just still getting to know somebody at that point in time. So I think like there's almost like this unwritten set of rules that like with women, I don't know why this is that we're like, he's supposed to say, I love you at this point in time. Like we're supposed to move in with our partner by this date. And if it doesn't happen on this timeline, it feels like it's not progressing the way that we think that it should.
1: It's so true. There's a lot out there about timelines that's just really unhelpful. And I would connect a lot of the timeline pressure to more of that anxious attachment style because it's also this need for reassurance, right? If I feel like, oh, we're hitting the milestones on the right timeline, that's giving me reassurance. When in reality, that can just be kind of a false sense of control if there's not that secure attachment. So It really comes back to can you build a securely attached relationship
0: with this person? And then with effective communication, how can we use our communication and talking to the person that we're dating or hanging out with to tell them the type of relationship that we want and then attract the type of partner that we're looking for?
1: This is a little cliche, but I would just start with this. One of the best things you can do is make sure that you are showing up as the type of partner that you want right? We want to be able to model what it is that we want and what we would expect. So if you want someone who is a great communicator, who expresses how they feel about you, who's affectionate, who sets clear boundaries, right? You have to be showing up that way yourself. I think for a lot of us, it's easy to point out what we want in others, but then we're not looking in the mirror. So that's, that's my tough love is make sure that something you're expecting from someone else reflects how you are showing up. And you can have conversations about the relationship. I think people don't realize this. You're building a relationship together. I think of it as like a business, essentially. And there's a relationship culture for every relationship that's being built. And you determine the norms, the standards, the way you communicate, how you want to feel. right? So From the very beginning, you want the kind of relationship culture where both of you are open to feedback, you're open to growing together, and you're continually curious
0: about what it is that you both want. And I know you have a lot of tips for people too. Like, let's say you're single, you want to attract this relationship in your life. What are some of the practices that we could do or visualizations or journaling prompts that could be helpful for this?
1: there's so much that you can do. In the book, I talk about this too. I have a practice. I've been doing it for five years now, and it's called the morning alignment. And this is a practice where I'm looking at a vision map for my life. So for me, it's a Google doc. You could put this out on a piece of paper if you're old fashioned, but you're looking at what is the life that you want. You can write it out in the third person and detail to every detail what, what it is that your dream life would look like. And then I also include affirmations. What are the things that I need to hear? And I'm always updating those, right? So for a lot of us, it's I am enough. I am a high value partner. People are so excited to date me, right? We need to get into this dating mindset of abundance and knowing our worth, So I would really want someone to have that kind of morning practice where you're aligning with that highest and best securely attached version of you. It's really, really helpful. And then I think the other thing is to remember there's no failure in dating. Rejection is redirection. We've all heard that. It's so true. So just reminding yourself, you're never failing. You're simply learning. You're learning maybe what you want or you're learning what you don't want. And then that's helping you move forward with clarity and and knowing that you don't know how things are going to happen. So stop trying to control how. It may not be on a dating app or it may not be at your friend's wedding or however you've envisioned it in your mind. Release it and surrender to the process and just get clear on the outcome that you want. Get clear on how you want to feel in your ideal relationship and use that as your
0: North star and just keep showing up. You have so many good tips. And I know this is just a glimpse into what you have in your book. So tell us a little bit about Love Magnet, who it's for, who should buy it. Yes. Love Magnet, get off the dating roller coaster and
1: attract the love you deserve. I wrote this book for anyone who needs to work on themselves who I guess has taken ownership and realized, oh, I'm the common denominator here and who's ready to become securely attached and wants to attract a partnership that's going to last a lifetime. And it's also fun and it has a lot of my personal stories. It's so easy to read. I didn't want it to be dense and clinical. I, I wanted it to be a fun read that anyone can get through. And it is experiential. So it's one of those books where you're not just passively reading, you're going to pull out your journal and you'll be doing a lot of work as you read it because I want you to get the most out of it. So I I know that it'll be incredibly helpful to anyone who's ready to heal themselves, work on themselves, and also ready to attract a really healthy relationship.
0: And if we want to go even deeper with you beyond the book, can you tell us a little bit about how to sign up for the ESL Relationship Program, your podcast, and where to follow you? The podcast is called
1: Let's Get Vulnerable. We have two new episodes out every single week, over 400 episodes on all things attachment theory and healing. And then the Empowered Secure Love Program, we have applications open for that. You can go to the link in my Instagram bio at Dr. Morgan Coaching, and we'll also give you the link for the show notes. You simply apply, speak to someone on my team, and then we'll make sure it's a good fit. And the program is eight to 12 weeks long, depending on what your needs are. And it's everything we talked about in helping you completely transform and become securely attached. And it does include one on one coaching as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really
0: enjoyed our conversation.